This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My Talk 1071, everything entertainment, the adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I do not know anything about this story you're about to tell us. In All I know is it is about a woman who disappeared 30 years ago. I watched a news report while I was eating my lunch this afternoon, and I was like, Dawn, I'm sorry, I'm going to take the thing that we were going to talk about, put it to the side, we'll talk about it tomorrow, don't worry. Because we need to talk about this story. It blew my mind. Basically, a woman disappeared. 30-some years ago, 1992, so just over 30 years ago, a year before I showed up on the shores of Minnesota. I didn't actually show up on the shores. (laughs) Are you a merman? This woman disappeared from her daily life, and she was just found this year. I want to play a little bit of a clip from or a clip from a little bit of a news report that told this story. And what you're going to hear is her husband. His name is Bob. Uh, He thought his wife had long since tragically passed away, mysteriously, unknown. She just up and disappeared one day. And the story gets so much more captivating, interesting. We can talk about it after, but I want to hear you, or I want you to hear Mr. Copta Copta talk about when his wife, Patty, was found. It's been going on for, you know, 31, almost 31 years. And it's, it's, it's been bad. I had, it cost me a lot of money. I even put advertising in the, in the, uh, Paper down in Puerto Rico looking for. But none of that worked. She was right where he thought she might be. We were contacted by some individuals, an agent from Interpol, as well as a social worker from Puerto Rico that believed that they had her an adult care home there in Puerto Rico. She was found 31 years later, Dawn, in Puerto Rico. Now, what's bizarre about this story, and there's a lot of twists and turns, and I, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. But essentially, a woman goes missing in 1992. At the time, you don't know this, she said she wanted to go to Puerto Rico because she wanted to be where the weather was warm. There's a whole other backstory to this, which I'll tell you about. But that's where she ended up being when they found her 31 years later. Her husband has already had her. It's been ruled that she died. Right. So he has long since believed that his wife has died. Her sister, her nephew, her family believes that she is long gone. And now they find her absolutely 100% alive all the way in Puerto Rico. And she was living in Pennsylvania before. Okay, that was my question. Pennsylvania. Sorry. So did she just say, I'm, I want to go on a trip to Puerto Rico? And then she just disappeared? Kind of. But okay. there's a whole backstory before that. And the backstory is apparently, 
I don't know if she had some kind of maybe psychological break. Mm. It sounded like, and if there's a story, I, I put a link up and maybe we can put this in the show links page. Sure. Cause there's, you're going to see a lot of like, like that report we just heard was mm-hmm. sort of, you know, a, a generic news, t- like news programs telling of the story. And then you're going to see like there'll be a story on CNN or all the major news outlets kind of have this story today. Okay. But if you go read the, uh, I think it's the Pittsburgh post gazettes, piece it has the most detail and it really tells you start to finish how this woman patty copta ended up in puerto rico in a care home um some 30 years after she walked out the door i guess before she left Mm -hmm. or disappeared she had been struggling and maybe at the time they didn't quite understand what was happening she ended up losing her job she ended up uh she would spend a lot of time walking around the city and she had like a religious conversion where oh. she was talking about like the end times are coming oh. and she would like go down to the sports stadium and tell people like you better get your affairs in order because the end is near. No. And so like clearly she was struggling with some stuff or at least there was some personality issues happening. Oh, for sure. But, the, you know, that's one thing. Then he wakes up one morning and she's gone. Nowhere to be found has no idea where his wife ends up, ultimately thinks she has died, something horrible has happened, doesn't ever remarry, even though he has, you know, uh, her rule, her uh, disappearance ruled as, as ultimately her mm-hmm. death, to find out she actually ended up somehow in Puerto Rico. Now, you probably have questions about, like, how did she end up in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Do you know? Or well, we don't she, know. What, in, she's in a care facility right now. Is there? Because they found her essentially years oh. ago walking. I think um, I don't remember the exact year. It was maybe uh, it was still in the 90s when they ended up finding her or early 2000s when they found her in Puerto Rico and she had been wandering around oh. people. She would never talk about where she was from. She would be seen in different parts of Puerto Rico, um, but she would never give details about who she was or where she was from. She ultimately started to suffer some of the effects of dementia. Oh, and in in the effects of dementia revealed some things about her that indicated to the people that were caring for her oh. that perhaps she was Patricia Copta who went missing from Pennsylvania. So... When she left Pennsylvania, she probably had some of her mental faculties still in place in order to book herself a ticket sure. and say, you know, she had a, a moments of clarity, I guess. You know, it's just this could be just a long term decline she, in she her was mental re- health. They said she was reluctant to discuss her life prior. This is when they found her in 1999, just sort of like wandering the streets. So she's been in there since then? She had. Tra- she said that she traveled to the island on a cruise ship from Europe. They couldn't confirm no. that, obviously, mm. so they have no idea. But when they figured out who she might be, it took them like six months to confirm that it was her. Can you imagine what that must be like after 30 years, your spouse? Yeah you think has tragically met their end. Oh. And then somebody says, we think maybe your wife turned up in Puerto Rico. And then it took them six months of forensic investigating to determine that that was her. They got a DNA sample, dental records. Oh, wow. Because she, you know, wasn't able, obviously, to say who she was convincingly. 
So they needed to double check, triple check. And then they finally came to the conclusion that it was her. I have so many questions because I'm like, is the husband going to go down there? Is the is he going to be responsible for her? Well, they want to bring her back. Of course. In the in the press conference, the husband and the sister are like, we want to bring her back. But that might be difficult because of her situation, because of the care that she's in and the state that she's in. But they want to at least in the near future, make a trip down there to see her. Yeah. I mean, they would have every right. to. What would you do? Um, I mean, I just, I can't imagine. I mean, the heartbreak of losing your wife yes. is like, it's just terrible. Uh, and and then having, you know, to let go, not knowing really what happened. And he and said then, he spent countless hours and countless money trying uh, to find her. It's just so sad. But now I wonder if he feels happy or you know it's a lot of of course he feels happy that she's alive oh i'm sure he's but then terribly... his life has moved on so what do you do i mean you can't just leave her down there that would be absolutely no, cruel no no i no, don't no, get no. that impression from him at all i imagine you're going to struggle with all sorts of emotions frankly it's not like i want to theatricalize this tragedy no. but there are so many questions i have because i do wonder what would you be thinking like you're excited but she's not the same woman that you knew Obviously, she maybe had some issues at the time, but it was still not, you know, you wouldn't wish anything bad to happen. Yeah. And to know that she's been there for 30 years. Just struggling on her own. Oh, boy. This is, well, I'm sure we'll hear more about her. Um, I'm glad they found her, you know, and that she has somebody to care for her. Because if you just found somebody and it's just like, well, they didn't have any family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's all all, all terribly fascinating. So uh, we'll put up the story on our show links page if you want to read in full detail how this story all went down and how they were able to locate her and then how uh, they were able to verify that it was this woman who just seemingly walked out of her home in 1992, never to be seen from again to show up 31 years later in an entirely different part of the country. All right, when we come back from uh, disappearing people in Puerto Rico, to former royals. Dawn, uh, we need to talk about Harry and Meghan because yeah. they allegedly, supposedly, got a letter over the weekend. Correspondence. Some correspondence from the king. And we'll tell you what that is and what we think's happening when we return right here on My Talk 1071. A little blind spot. Hey, My Talkers, Bradley here for my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas with huge savings for 2023. If ever there was a time to visit the Little Blind Spot showroom, that time is here. Right now, select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of 30% off the purchase value, up to $1,200. That's right, I said $1,200. Hunter Douglas Honeycomb Shades are designed to conserve energy at the window in any season. They trap heat inside the honeycomb fabrics during the winter months and keep cool air inside your home in summer. It's like they were made for Minnesotans. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today for help from the best experts in the business. Or you can visit them online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. We're big on service. Lori and Julia here of Bradley and Dawn on my talk 1071 everything entertainment we always got to check in with the Royals each week we had uh, some big news this weekend 
with Harry and Megan. I don't know who's going through their mail, but somebody's talking about a letter they received. Yes, there was some royal correspondence that was received. Hello, Don. Oh, by the way, my name is Alistair McCracken. Mm. I'm reporting outside Windsor Palace. Not really. Um, no, King Charles III's office has allegedly, supposedly been in touch with Prince Harry, and by default Meghan as well, about his upcoming coronation, raising the possibility that perhaps those two were invited. Okay, this is all being very, very mm, vaguely talked about. But here's what we know. According to Harry and Meghan themselves, through a spokesperson, they received some royal correspondence. And uh, it says, quote, uh, well, that they received rather, quote, email correspondence from the king's office about the coronation. That's all we know. Now, some tabloids slash news outlets are reporting that that means they received an invitation to the king's coronation. But I don't see that reported anywhere I with facts. Either. So um, that leads me to wonder what King Charles actually royally corresponded with an email. What if it was like, hey, you can pick up your things from Frogmore at the dock. Yeah. We shipped them to you. At ya. the dock. <laughs> Go down to the docks, pick it up, you know. Yeah, I will say their their spokesperson went on to say an immediate decision on whether the Duke and Duchess will attend <laughs> will not be disclosed by us at this time. That would indicate to me that perhaps there was an actual invitation. Mm. But don't you feel like it would be the kind of invitation from King Charles that was like, so um, I don't know if you guys are doing anything, but if you're free, like I know, I mean, I don't know, but like there's, would you maybe, because there's like going to be. There's a, like, so the mm, biggest thing in my life is happening so, and that will Like they're not, happen. he's not going to come out and say it, right? Yeah. Because for fear of then they can say no, right? Like we are, we shan't be going. <laughs> so you don't think it's a formal invitation to the coronation? I don't think they're getting a formal invitation because he's like, do you want a formal? Like, I just feel like the king is not trying to get played. Oh. Right? So he's saying, do you want an invitation? Because an invitation would be not an email. You don't get an email to the king's coronation. You get a like velvet letter and like a guy with a horn shows up on a horse and he's like, the king would like you to attend his coronation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You right? think they're going to do that? I mean, that's what you should. That's what should be done. If you're a royal, your dad's a royal. I want the full treatment. Make it for real. <laughs> well, maybe they don't know where they live. 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. So you're saying I that. when that I is... hear correspondence, it feels like a real piece of paper, no, like a email. letter. He got it was like, an it was email? This. Clickety, clickety. Wait, hold on. Dear, dear son. Dear son. If you want you... me to call your son anymore, I'm not sure. Do you have time to come to the biggest thing that's going on in my life? I don't want to say what it is right now, but... Perhaps you, Why do you sound like an think old woman about in the future. Well, it's Camilla speaking through oh, okay. Ken Charles since right. that's how he speaks. And so I'm still typing. He wa- I mean, I want to know if you would be interested in receiving a formal invitation. In Send. <laughs> like, you know, like what kind of email? Do you send? I, I just, it, it just all sounds absurd to me. And the fact that they're being vague about it because they literally say, again, all we know, because we haven't heard anything from King Charles or his people or the palace or what mm. have you. There are 300 sources that are all named Camilla. Um, but they actually, the fact that they came out and owned it, that that's interesting. Yeah. Right? Like the fact that they said, yeah, we got correspondence and I, we're not talking about but it. But what if they what if they are just saying they got correspondence because they want to stay in the story? Tell me Ooh. more. Harry and Megan, they want it to Flesh seem like they are being invited. Yeah. But if but they aren't because they like know the that, correspondence was like you left something here. Yeah. Of, is this yours? Yeah. Is this your mop we found behind the door? You know, it yeah. could be that, and they want to make it seem like that there's some groveling happening, so or that they somebody, can be like, like we turned it down going. because they know poo, that the palace poo. is not going to respond to that. Yeah, they have the upper hand, and I'm sort of playing devil's advocate no, here because like you know that. I'm Prince uh, Harry and for life, Meghan for life. Um, also, another thing is happening, according to TMZ. Well, did you see the reports about Rebel Wilson? I just wanted to throw this yes. in really quick. Yeah. Is she friends with... Okay, let me this just go This was back. very sketchy because Rebel, Rebel Wilson called Megan out. Said Megan isn't naturally a warm person. <laughs> wow. Can you... I did not read the story. I read the headline of the headline. So can you tell me if there was any meat to those bones or was she taken out of context? Because, you know, people like to be, you know, starting things online. Well, it was on Andy Cohen's show, Watch What Happens Live. And he always sets people up to talk about things that are, I mean, he yeah. is good at it, yep. you know? He's a potster. Um, So she has met her and she just, he just asked, um, you know, what was that like? And she said she wasn't a warm, as warm as Prince Harry. Okay, so, We went up to Santa trying- Barbara, met Harry. He could not have been nicer. But then Megan was not as cool. She wasn't as naturally warm. Oof, that's a choice of words. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she obviously knows what she's saying, Rebel Wilson. I do find it interesting, though, that she chose those words, especially the way the press has talked about her yeah. and also the way that the press has talked about Rebel Wilson. So I I just think that's a that's an interesting choice for Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Back to the story, though, uh, just to like put a, a pin in it. Do you think that they were invited and or will they go? And I know our minds have changed on this multiple times, so feel free to not be consistent. Um, I think based they on the story, go, today. maybe just to say, oh, you're going to look like you are n- 
nicer in this little game, we're actually nicer because mm. so we're going to accept your invitation and show up and make everyone uncomfortable. And everybody's like, ugh. Ooh, they actually said yes. Because if they are inviting them, they would expect them to say no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't and know. So I could like, go oh, both no, ways. They're actually I'm very coming? by by uh, by um, coastal cor- by coronational <laughs> on this particular regard. Yeah, I still think they shouldn't. But what do I know? We didn't even get to the fact that Harry had a therapy oh, session online. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about that later in the show sure, or can, tomorrow yeah. or something? Yeah. Because when we come back, you have a story you want to share with us from Hollywood's backlot when we return right here on My Talk One Hundred Seven One. My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Hi. Hi. Sometimes we just get overloaded with stories about Hollywood gossip in modern times. So we want to go back in time in the back lot and talk about old stories, old feuds. You know, we're just not talking about the typical ones that you hear about, uh, like Joan Crawford versus Betty Davis. Oh my gosh! This a lot one of balderdash, anyway. But yeah, yes. <laughs> Maybe we will cover that. That might be fun sometime. Um, but this one is about Greta Garbo and Marlene Dietrich, mm. and there are some suggestions out there that they had an affair. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, I know that Greta Garbo. She was a lover. Well, she had lots of. Hollywood romances. And so did Marlene Dietrich. Well, they're saying word on the street is somebody did some digging and this person was writer Diana McClellan. She released a book called The Girls and in it she, through her research, she found proof that a never before reported affair between Greta Garbo and Marlene Dietrich happened when they were on the set of a movie that nobody talks about that wasn't released called The Joyless Street. I've never heard of this movie. That's why nobody talks about That's it. That's right. Uh, they met in Berlin when they were filming that movie. So Greta Garbo was 19, and uh, and Marlene was only 23. I thought she was older than that, but no. They're really, when you think about those ages, I mean, they're babies. <laughs> Marlene Dietrich had uh, quite a bit of a life. Oh, yeah. You know, up to the age of, of, I mean, it went on beyond this. But so there are rumors that um, they had an affair on that set. But then Marlene started to talk smack about her, about Greta Garbo. But it, so they had an affair like for two weeks. And then they were also sleeping with all the other people that were surrounding Marlene Dietrich at the time. Marlene got tired of her. Some people think it was jealousy because she saw how much Greta Garbo's star was rising and she just decided she didn't like her. Um, And then also that she um, was basically um, ignorant. She called her an ignorant child. Who was ignorant? So Marlene Dietrich called Greta Garbo Hmm. an ignorant child. Oh, Um, and then she also started going around even spilling secrets, even saying that, um, she had dirty underpants. What? (laughs) This is my favorite part of this, that she had dirty undergarments. Yes. That Greta Garbo had dirty undergarments. It's like, how do you know about her undergarments, ma'am? Her dirty undergarments. Yes. So Greta Garbo left that just wounded and traumatized. And um, they had a mutual friend named Salka 
Viratel, and she negotiated a deal between the two of them. Like, okay, we are in a community that isn't accepted at this time for being, you know, sexually open. Okay. And so nobody wants their secrets told. So let's just agree to not tell any secrets and just end this. And you both just call a truce, not a truce, but don't ever talk about the dirty secrets. Dirty secrets being like their romances, their romances, you know, that they were fluid with their sexuality and things like that because they didn't want to damage anybody's career in Hollywood specifically. Uh, So um, for for a very long time, uh, for 20 years, even they did not they just were bitter enemies and they didn't talk. Uh, Marlene Dietrich. She started talking and they had this meeting arranged by Orson Welles, of all people, to come together and say, okay, let's end this and not feud with each other. Interesting. Um, How do we know all this, by the way? Is this from a book? This is from a book, yes. And it's by um, Diana McClellan. She did a lot of digging. Because I think we've all, you know, we've all heard rumors about... Greta Garbo, Marlena Dietrich, I mean, both being incredibly sensuous, romantic people who mm-hmm. bedded lots in Hollywood. But um, I'm curious, like, where she uncovered all of this stuff that had just obviously been laying around if if uh, she was able to find it. Well, apparently she did some digging. I mean, this was in 2000 when she wrote this book. Okay. So there were still people alive sure. who knew them and that were in the scene at the time. Yeah. It's it's plausible. So um, she interviewed a lot of people that, that were in... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, have you ever read that Scotty Bowers book? Um, uh, no. There's a wonderful documentary, too, that follows up the book. Um, Scotty Bowers was kind of like... Well, it's a long story. I don't want to sidetrack us, but no, essentially no, no, he okay. talks about this. There's a book called Hollywood, My Adventures in Hollywood and the Secret Sex Lives of the Stars. Oh, I've heard And of he that. talks about all sorts of, you should watch the documentary if you don't read the book. Um, but he talks about, you know, essentially getting Hollywood, high level Hollywood stars, hooking them up and arranging for illicit Ooh. rendezvous, sometimes of a group nature, um, with all sorts of twists and turns. Where can I watch this documentary? I think it's, uh, you might have to rent it, actually, now that I say that. I don't know that it's uh, stream. It might be streaming now somewhere. Um, but again, it's it's a wonderful, like, he just puts it all out there. He's like, oh, this person was sleeping with this person. And I guarantee he must have said something about oh, Greta Garbo or Marlena Dietrich. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Vivian Lee, oh. Roddy McDowell, all sorts of stories. Oh, my goodness. I'm, he was, I'll like, put he it called on our himself, show's page when I find it. Mm-hmm. He called himself what? I think he just called himself basically like oh, I forget what he what he called himself a male madam to the stars. Oh god! Because he he, he would arrange camp. all at a time in Hollywood when you know stars didn't have the luxury of having open relationships with you know people that they were you know interested in, and they weren't sliding into anybody's DMs. They had no DMs to slide into. <laughs> they were sliding into like gas stations. That's where I believe that's where he got his start. He worked at a gas station and then he would arrange what? for, you know, like people would roll up and be like, hey, you got that back room ready for me, Scotty. Ooh, yeah. that is extra seedy. A gas oh, yeah. station. I hope they had clean linens oh, in the yeah. gas station. Yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I sidetracked us. From no, 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 please. The uh, ladies of the hour. I'm curious to see if he knows anything about this. Um, So she tried this reconciliation. It was Marlene who asked... Um, 
to have this meeting. Orson Welles arranged it in neutral territory at the home of Clifton Webb. Oh, yeah. So Marlene was realizing that at this time, after 20 years, this 19-year-old girl has a lot of power. She doesn't want to be on her wrong side. And so she arranged this meeting. Well, she um, met and um, she kept giving her compliments. So Marlene was like, you look beautiful. You're so talented. Everything that she said, she was just like oozing oozing compliments, you know, and everything she said, Greta Garbo just said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Swedish. Yeah. And then. Marlene was so embarrassed that eventually she stopped with the compliments and she fled. She just ran out. She just ran away. Weird. Yeah, because she was getting nothing. Greta Garbo wasn't going, you know what? This is stupid. We should stop fighting. It was a long time ago. We were just kids. No, that did not happen. Okay. So um, this movie, going back to that, The Joyless Street, Marlene says that she was never in the film. Okay, so that's weird because this woman found all these people would bring up the film and she'd go, I wasn't in that film. Um, I was having a baby at the time. And now people have been like, no, you had your baby in 1924 and this was filmed in 25. And here's some photos with you on the set. What does that have to do with Greta Garbo? Was well, she, she was just she was like, I don't want to. She started saying, I don't know her. <laughs> Basically, the Mariah Carey treatment. I've never met her. She said bad things about Greta me, Garbo was saying that or Marlene, Marlene Dietrich was it. saying we've never met. We have this 60 year old feud and we never mm. met at all. And, she's like, and well, then people like, we were actually, you were because there are stills of her, which this woman dug up um, of her like Greta Garbo catches Marlene Dietrich like she faints into her arms. So she's there's one where she's holding her in sort of an embrace. Where do they end up having an affair? Uh, on the set of this movie. Got it. On the set of The Joyless Street. Well, apparently, um, there's a bi- biographer, another one who she met later in life ma- named David Brett. And he was sort of an expert on the nightlife in Berlin in 1925. Okay. And after a lot of long talks, Marlene Dietrich did confirm that she was in the movie The Joyless Street with Greta Garbo. She's like, yes, I was in it. And then she said... Uh, yes. And, and I had an affair end, with Greta Garbo. No, she said, in the end, I killed the butcher. That's what she said. So apparently the in the movie, is there that was like this... a euphemism? I killed the butcher. <laughs> no, but it sounds I like it's a butcher. Well, it's something that only she would know because that was cut out of the film. There was this, she was in a scene in this butcher shop. And she's <laughs> in there, and there's then the butcher ends up dead, and they show like some things that were kind of graphic and she comes out of the butcher shop so it's implied oh. that she killed the butcher but they cut that out of the movie which never actually made it into theaters <laughs> so she would she was in the movie because a there's evidence through photos and b um and that's where they allegedly that. had their affair before they were fighting that's correct yes and it was did the affair start the feud 
the affair after the affair. So Marlene said, I'm done with you because they had some conversation where Greta Garbo was just, she didn't like the way she acts. She's like, Got she's it. very young and she ignorant. She liked something, obviously. She liked it, but she didn't want her to talk. She's like, just oh. do this and don't Got say it. anything because you're Got stupid. It. Oh, my. All right. <laughs> so then she went around talking and about how stupid Greta Garbo was. Will, will you uh, put the link to that book? What was the name of the book again? Yes, the book is called... Um, it is- Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It's called The Girls. Sappho Goes to Hollywood. Oh, all right. That sounds fascinating. Um, I would def- That's a book I would definitely read. Yes. Uh, when we come back from the back lot, Dawn, you're going to take us back to Hollywood, this time, though, to save the oceans. In fact, Jane Fonda has been supporting a treaty that I think just passed, which is going to basically save all the oceans. And you'll tell us all about it and more when we return right here on My Talk 1071. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment, oh, everything good news. We uh, sometimes have some depressing news and then some good <laughs> things come along. And it's like, oh, thank goodness. Something has been done. Jane Fonda helped for a UN ocean treaty to pass. Oh, what did Jane Fonda have to do with a treaty? That's well, interesting. Uh, Greenpeace was a big part of this. And um, this was something that's been going on a while. It's actually five times been brought up and either rejected because they couldn't get enough people in the northern hemisphere to sign this ocean treaty it was like the north versus it's kind of strange when you look into it um and what it what it entails is that only five percent of the oceans are protected right now they're overfished they're polluted um there's mining going on all kinds of things for days yes exactly so um people with greenpeace and other organizations real have realized this and finally because of her activism, Jane Fonda delivered 5.5 million signatures from 157 countries demanding a strong global ocean treaty. Mm. So this happened and it was actually passed last night. If you go to Jane Fonda's Instagram, you'll see her sitting in some type of a large, maybe it's a UN, not sure where this is it doesn't look like the actual un but she's like it finally passed so this has been part of her life's work as of late to try to get this passed and what it means is that 
if we don't protect the oceans, you know, 70% of the earth, yeah. it'd be a good thing to protect that. Oh my um, God, well, I mean, we, we, if the oceans don't survive, we don't survive. So, yes. So she was in charge of like del- delivering the petition um, and on behalf of Greenpeace. And um, she said at the time, we need a global ocean treaty and we need it now. It is our own peril to delay any further. I urge you as a mother, a grandmother, and a citizen of this world. So um, let's set aside the politics, the special interests, and uh, get this done. And so it finally passed. Well, that's awesome. I haven't really done any reading on this treaty. I honestly had not known that it's passed. The little that I did just talks about how it limits fishing and sea lanes and all sorts of, you know, things that deal with commerce to sort of protect, you know, uh, different parts of the ocean that right now are unfortunately under siege. Yes, and there was actually a woman who is a fisherwoman, and she actually added a lot of input as well. She's from Senegal, and she said uh, we as uh, processors, fish processors in the community, we face real challenges. Basically, it's just, you know, there's a scarcity in fish, and then the fishermen who give them the fish risk their lives at sea, and so... You know, they're running out of fish <laughs> to find it's not easy because of all of these things. So um, I just think that that's wonderful that, you know. Well, she has, you know, her entire life has involved activism. That's one thing that she has consistently been true or that has been a true part of herself. Right. Like from the moment we've become a well, I mean, I was born after Jane Fonda was on this planet, of right. course. But the, from my earliest age, I've known Jane Fonda to be involved in activism of all sorts. So, I mean, I'm sure this one feels particularly good to involve yourself with something that has such a good result. Right. The passage of this treaty. Yes, that is right. And I know people have feelings about Jane Fonda. Maybe those have. Well, yeah, if you disagree with her politics, I'm sure you do. Yeah. 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 But just, you know, I mean, they brought up in this, it doesn't have anything to do with politics. It's about protecting the ocean and on a global level. How hard is that? I mean, that's that's got to be difficult. Oh, yeah. And Especially to get anybody to agree on anything in this day and age, much less not just agree on the problem, but uh, agree on the solution, which right. in this case, it sounds like they were able to. Yes. Yes. Through Greenpeace. You kind of forget about or, you know, it's not a new trendy <laughs> organization uh, and you kind of forget about them. But. They're consistently working on things like this. So good job, Jane Fonda. And, Yay! And she was just in 80 for Brady. I mean, she this woman is like, I. she is literally moving and shaking. And how old is she? Um, that's what I was just looking up right now. Jane Fonda is at least 80, I believe. Oh, she's older than that. Oh, she is... She's probably like 110. 85. 85. 1937, and she is still kicking. She's dealt with cancer. She's dealt with loss. She has dealt with being on the wrong side of public sentiment. She Mm -hmm. has been on the wrong side of relationships. She has overcome a lot in her life. But has also been incredibly successful, so... And I think that they're... uh, Speaking of which, you know, she's was in Barbarella in the 60s. I think they're redoing Barbarella. I've I've seen that. That somewhere. sounds vaguely familiar. I think so, um, but no, just you know, doing great job, Jane Fonda out there, and all while filming a movie at the same time. 
I hope I'm doing great things like that when I'm 85. Yeah, I don't want to be that busy. I do want to be, I, I want to be busy in my life and be creating things. But man, she really does sort of show what what we could be doing with our lives at, regardless of our age, right? Yes, yes. You know, I'm not seeing another Barbarella in the works just yet, Mike, but I you thought heard I heard a that? story. Do you mm-hmm. remember um, somebody being cast? I felt like there was a young new star being cast in a in new Barbarella, but maybe I also. How that. would you bring Barbarella into the future? Because the one thing that I appreciate about Barbarella is the aesthetics, but the story, I'm like, I'm still confused as to what's actually happening here. Oh, for sure, it's so out there, but like the the uh, aesthetics are beautiful. You're referring to Sydney Sweeney uh, oh. of uh, both uh, oh, yes. White Lotus and Euphoria yeah. fame, but she apparently has been rumored that was of October last year. Boy, okay. look at that memory I've got. That's well great. Yeah, I can't remember like what we did last week, so there's a problem <laughs> there. But I wonder how she feels about that. Barbarella. Let's see. Could we give people the plot of Barbarella right now? I can tell you how she feels about it. International. Oh, you want? Oh, she's. How does she feel? Space traveler. Reportedly, she's very concerned about the upcoming uh, Barbarella remake starring Sydney Sweeney. Oh, that I'm was sure. of January 30th. I I wouldn't be surprised if you felt particularly. Uh, whether it's she feels protective of it, possessive of it, or what have you, or that it's out of date. I'd be interested to see what her take is on that film Well, modern era. The IMDb says, Barbarella, an astronaut from the 41st century, sets out to find and stop the evil scientist Durand Durand. Durand Durand, yeah. That's where we got Durand Durand. I don't know what that word is. What? Whose positronic ray threatens to bring evil back into the galaxy. It's very much just a lot of music and um, fur and set pieces and that are very extravagant. Yeah, lots and of sexy big costumes. hair, a lot of Aquanet on mm. that set. Oh my gosh! Um, so I did not know that Duran Duran came. That's where they from. got their name. From. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Well, we've learned something like, today. It has an, a D on the end in the movie. They just kind of drop the D. Yeah, Drop the D, folks. <laughs> Drop the D. Oh, boy. Um, what I will say is, uh, for Jane Fonda, you said that she'd posted something on her Instagram. Yes, and I cannot, uh, for some reason, my Instagram has been logged out on my laptop. I was going to tell you about what she said exactly. She said the following. Last night on March 4th, now this would have been obviously yesterday, after years of talks, delay, and emotional roller coaster, governments finally concluded a global ocean treaty. This treaty is a monumental win for ocean protection and an important sign that global cooperation can still work in an increasingly divided world. It did not come easy, but I am so thrilled that we now have a pathway to creating fully and highly protected ocean sanctuaries in the high seas, which is like super duper important. She goes on, but I think that's kind of the gist the of it. The gist of it. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's highly important, right? Like everybody, even if you don't like here in the Midwest, we're like ocean schmotion, but everything, <laughs> you know, in our lives is somehow connected to the commerce that happens on the ocean. Where do you think all the things you got from Amazon come from on the ocean? Oh, right. Yeah. Because if they came from China, for example, where a lot of manufacturing goods come from, they're being shipped. They're in a ship. Yes. They're not in a plane. They're not in a train. I wonder how they're going to police this kind of a thing. That's just was my first thought. Like, so there's this treaty going on. And then 
what about people that didn't sign the treaty? Are they going to, what is the punishment? How are they going to catch people doing these things? Yeah, those are great questions. Yeah, but I'm not a part of the UN. I don't know if you guys knew that, but. Really? I'm not, I don't know. But I, my application is in. And Did you go to Model UN? Yeah, I oh, did. Okay, yeah. well. I I did. I'm waiting back. And if I do get it, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, might have to leave this show, Bradley. So uh, I hope that happens for your sake, because that would be a tremendous honor. And then you could do the show live from the United <laughs> Nations. You've lost your damn mind. I know. But thank you for bringing the story of um, Jane Fonda, because I had not heard anything about that treaty. And frankly, now it makes me want to go learn more. So I'm going to do that in the break. But you know what else? When we come back, we have to talk about something that goes well beyond the United Nations. And that's terror in the skies. Because when we return, you have actually two stories for us. One that took place... I didn't know this. I heard this story about that Lufthansa flight from Texas to Frankfurt that mm-hmm. got stopped, I think, in D.C. Matthew McConaughey was on that flight? I didn't know. Yeah. Well, you're going you're gonna to tell us not only about that story, but about a Southwest Airlines flight that made people barf for hours. <laughs> yes. I hope you're not going anywhere anytime soon, you guys. Oh, oh wait, Dawn, you're getting on a plane soon. Oh, right. But that's not until couple weeks from now yeah well uh is that gonna make you change your mind about flying i don't know i'm still up in the air (laughs) (laughs) you see what she did there (laughs) hey when we come back don's gonna share those two stories with us and then we've got a whole nother hour of the show just for you right here on my talk 1071 join us on our website on our app wherever you want we're here for you (laughs) we'll be right back 